Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you this morning as we do every week to be here in this place with us. And we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Imagine with me for a moment that you're sick. I know, I know. It's impossible to imagine in times like these, right? But let's say that you've got a set of symptoms that are very mysterious. You've asked all of your friends what they think and nobody has any advice. You've gone on WebMD. You haven't gotten any answers there either. And finally, you decide you should go to the actual doctor to have him examine you. But you're worried. You don't like doctors And you're especially concerned about what a doctor might say is wrong with you. You don't feel well. You fear the worst. But your symptoms get worse and worse. So eventually, finally, you break down and go to the doctor. And it's just as bad as you fear. You have to strip down to one of those paper robes, sit in a cold antiseptic room for what seems like hours and are poked and prodded by person after person, only some of whom seem to have any idea what they're doing. Scans, x-rays, tongue depressors, turn your head and cough, the whole deal. And finally, feeling like a, like a violated laboratory rat, you find yourself alone with the doctor. And it's the worst news. The worst thing you can imagine. Whatever the worst thing is, that's what you've got. He says you don't have long to live. There is, though, he says, a radical and exotic surgery. It can cure you. But for that, you're going to have to come back. They're going to have to do all of this poking and prodding again. More scans. Another paper robe. You're devastated. And as you walk out of the doctor's office, you're In a daze. You can't believe that this is happening to you. But you suppose the doctor must be right. This surgery might be the best thing for you. It might be the only thing to offer you some hope, some healing. But then just as you walk out the door from the giant, cold, scary office into the bright sunshine outside, you hear a voice calling to you. Hey, you. And you turn and... Well, it's just some guy leaning up against the wall of the building. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, he says. You almost can't believe your ears. After the experience you've just had, what he's saying is music to your ears. You want so badly to avoid this scary-sounding surgery. Really, you ask the guy? How do you know? I've been around a long time, he says. I know things. See, It's in the doctor's best interest to tell you that you need surgery. It makes them money, and it helps them feel powerful. This medicine thing is all a scam. Now, some of that sounds weird to you, but you know what? He's saying exactly 
what you want to hear. Exactly what you hoped was true. And you'd give anything to believe that there's nothing wrong with you. And for you, that's enough. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. What we do in our lives is look for hired hands. Like the man that I asked you to imagine leaning up against the side of the office building, telling you medicine is a scam when you're really very sick. This is a hired hand. This is the person outside the fold of Christianity telling you that you don't need all this religion mumbo jumbo, that you're fine just the way you are. Or even the person who calls themselves a Christian but doesn't think you need to get so worked up about this sin thing. God loves everybody just because, again, you're fine just the way you are. These people are not good shepherds. They're hired hands. And they're there to tell you that there aren't any wolves to worry about. But they're lying. It's a pleasant lie, though, isn't it? It's a lie we like to hear. It sounds so good. It's a desirable lie. We want to be lied to in this way because, in effect, these people work for us. Right? They work for the old you, the, the sinful you, the human you, what the theologians would call the old Adam, telling you what you want to hear. We love these people. We're desperate for these people. We go looking for these people to tell us what we want to hear. The Bible says that we have itching ears for these things. We hire these employees, these hired hands to tell us that everything is okay. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player in the history of the game, became an owner of an NBA team after he retired, and he's terrible at it. His team is almost always the worst, and he gets outmaneuvered in trades and in the draft every single year. Now, the first reason he's terrible is that he assumes, because he was so great, that the players he drafts and trades for will by some magical osmosis become great too, which they never do. But the other reason he's a terrible owner is that he is so famous and so beloved and held in such high esteem that no one is willing to say no to him. No one will tell him a hard truth. No one will tell him that he's wrong. He's surrounded by yes-men. He's surrounded by hired hands. And as long as everything is okay, as long as the wolves stay at bay, there are no problems. Don't worry, our hired hands say. Everything is just fine. You're doing great. You're the best. 
You're a good mother, a good son, a good lover. You're good. The guy outside the hospital says, you're not sick. And it feels great until the symptoms return, until the wolves start to howl again. Because you see, you actually are sick. Michael Jordan actually is wrong. We actually are sinners in desperate need of redemption. And I think deep down, underneath everything, we suspect this truth, each and every one of us. That's why we keep asking the hired hands in our lives, am I really fine? Tell me again. Am I really a good mother, a good son? Am I really a good lover? Tell me again. Reassure me. We hope that if we get enough people to tell us that we're great, we might eventually be able to believe it. But we never do. We keep asking. I personally have literally heard people ask it on their deathbed. Have I been good enough? Will I be okay? At the end of Saving Private Ryan, the elderly Ryan, recalling the sacrifices that a squad of men made to save his life during World War II, turns to his wife with desperation in his eyes and says, Tell me... I'm a good man. And she does. She says that he is, but you can tell he doesn't believe her. And that ultimately is the final problem with hired hands. It's the problem with yes men. It's the problem with people who tell you what you want to hear. They're lying. It's just not true. And they're letting the wolves into the sheepfold. Because the diagnosis really is dire. A radical surgery really is required. The guy outside the doctor's office really is wrong. Here's just a quick rundown for you. Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Romans 3.10-12, none is righteous. No one, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Ephesians 2, verse 1. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Romans 7, 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 1 Timothy 1, 15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. The Bible's message is clear. Your problem is more profound than your worst fears. You're really incredibly sick. In fact, the scriptures teach you're dead. In your sin, you and God are irreconcilable. I looked long and hard for the you're great just the way you are scripture and I came up empty. So what do we say? What word do we have for Private Ryan, all grown up and tortured? Is there good news for us who spend most of our time hoping that the wolves of life aren't nipping at our heels? 
For those of us who stick our fingers in our ears and tell ourselves that everything's all right, that we're fine just the way we are. I can't help but think of Martin Luther's wonderful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Here's the third verse. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And what is that one little word? Well, it's actually a name. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus who said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus who is not like the hired hands who lie about the wolves and then run away when they see how bad things really are. When the wolves actually break through the fence and your life really starts to fall apart. When the everything is fine just the way it is charade starts to break down completely. And it's what Jesus does that's so amazing. What does he say? He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd. I know what my sheep need to hear. He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd. I know how to get my sheep to chill out. He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd and I know how to get my sheep in line. He doesn't even say, I'm the good shepherd and I can help you escape these wolves. It's even better than that. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. So listen, the wolves are real. We are beset on all sides by the things we've messed up and broken down. Things not done that we ought to have done and things done that we ought not to have done. We have not loved God with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We'll spell all of this out later as we confess our sins together. These are the wolves that are coming for us, our sin. And in our humanity, we look desperately for hired hands to tell us that things aren't so bad, that these wolves aren't huffing and puffing at the doors of our straw houses, or even roaming freely through the sheepfold. Oh, you're not a bad person, our hired hands say. You're sure better than so-and-so. And make no mistake, the guys leaning up against the side of those hospitals are not like countercultural outcasts who are easy to ignore. The truth is, today, this guy has a degree from an Ivy League institution, reads the New York Times every day, and has more Twitter followers than you can imagine. Because today, it's culture that will tell you that you're perfect just the way you are. The idea that there's nothing wrong with you, and that everything is fine just the way it is, is totally mainstream. You will hear this in some form every single day. And it is an announcement that will make you feel better for a minute until 
you look over your shoulder and see that the pack of wolves is just a little closer. And so you'll look for another hired hand and another and another. But then as things get worse and worse, the hired hands start quitting. And so you see the hired hands, the people in your life who tell you that everything's okay and that you're fine just the way you are, these hired hands might as well be wolves because they let the wolves in. And then once the wolves are in, they run away. The prince of darkness is grim, but we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. When we are deserted by all of our hired hands, all of our yes men, and it seems like all is lost, like our sickness really is unto death, there is Jesus. Jesus remains. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. When the law, when the requirements say that by rights we should be fed to that pack of wolves, Jesus steps in. He is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus lays down his life for you. He died so that you may live. And in his death, in that moment of moments on the cross, when Jesus cries out, it is finished. He takes all of our wolves, all of our guilts, all of our failures, all of our shortcomings onto himself. All of your wolves, all of your guilts, all of your failures, all of your shortcomings onto himself. So on the one hand, I have bad news. The guy standing there outside the imaginary hospital, the guy you like so much, who tells you that there's nothing wrong with you, he's lying to you, plain and simple. The worst thing in the world is wrong with you. Your sin separates you from a holy God. And without a radical intervention, you're going to die. Though these words hurt, the actual diagnosis of the actual doctor, though they hurt, it is a true diagnosis. And painful though it is, only a true diagnosis can lead to healing. You are profoundly sick and in need of a radical cure is bad news. But the good news is great. One little word can cure you. Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, he is not the shepherd. He doesn't own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I, says Jesus, am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life, says Jesus, for you. 
you're not okay. Things aren't going to be fine. And everything isn't perfect just the way it is. Wolves surround you. They are everywhere you look in the things done and the things left undone. But praise the Lord. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he has laid down his life for you. In him, you are safe. In him, you have been redeemed. In him, you are alive. Amen.